Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 152, the North American Collegiate Championships 2019, recorded live on Thursday, February 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Craig Thompson, K9CT. And Joe Fitter, K7JOE, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, it was Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, here on the show to talk about the latest news from the International Space Station. If you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or YouTube, or you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW 5085 AM Saturday evenings at about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, we're going to talk collegiate championship contesting tonight. So get your questions ready to go. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can call us after the interview and I'll let me give you the phone number and we're still on our temporary phone number my apologies for that the phone number will be 812-650-9556 again uh, we're still on the temporary number tonight 812-650-9556 and I'll let you know when it's time to call but that way you can have that number Handy and ready to go, 812-650-9556. You can tweet us anytime, though. You can uh, tweet us at HamTalkLive. And so I'll be checking that throughout the night. And I'll be back with Craig and Joe right after this word from ICOM America right here on HamTalkLive. Create your own band opening. ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, is coming soon. This new radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features such as dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, D-Star capability built in, RF direct sampling on the 2-meter and 70-centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation, as well as dual watch, 
and maximum output power of 100 watts on 2 meters, 75 watts on 70 centimeters, and 10 watts on 1.2 gigahertz. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Your host, Neil Rapp, would tell you a chemistry joke, but he probably wouldn't get a reaction. Now, more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for helping bring the show to you each and every week here Thursday nights live and on the podcast and the rebroadcast. Make sure you check out ICOM at Hamcation this weekend. They're showing off their new uh, IC9700, so make sure you stop by and see that. Uh, my guests this evening, uh, we have two tonight. Craig Thompson, K9CT, is from, from Travoli, Illinois, which is not too far from Peoria, and uh, Craig is an extra-class license holder and been a ham for 52 years. He has a degree in electronics engineering technology from Bradley University, and uh, as well as worked toward an MBA, and after serving as an operations manager and vice president of a small company, Craig started his own in 1980. Thompson Electronics Company uh, provides solutions for security, communications, audio, video, fire alarms, all kinds of stuff in central Illinois. And his combination of ham radio and electronics career has allowed him to build an impressive contesting station and participate in several de-expeditions. Craig is president of the Society of Midwest Contesters, which sponsors the North American Collegiate Championships, along with the National Contest Journal, and is a member of the ARRL Contest Advisory Committee. Joe Fitter, K7JOE, is a lecturer of finance and the director of the MBA Strategic Finance Academy at Indiana University's Kelly School of Business, where he is the faculty sponsor of the Amateur Radio Club, K9IU, uh, where he was the club's president 30 years ago. Joe's finance experience is mostly with Intel Corporation, which took him to China for several years. Uh, Joe is a member of the Society of Midwest Contesters and is also uh, active in the Southern Indiana Amateur Radio Association. He's an avid DXer, contester, and CW operator and has been licensed since 1986 at age 17 and has rejuvenated the club at Indiana University. And thankfully, he does all of my antenna work at Bloomington High School South, too. So <laughs> thanks for that, Joe. And and Craig and Joe, welcome to AmTalk Live. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, very good, Neil. Thanks for having us. Now, now Joe, w- w- you know, school club roundup is next week. We, we still have to get that dipole up. Uh, yes, indeed. With the uh, tornadoes in the area, I'm yeah. actually will make it. And I'm actually down here in sunny Orlando this weekend for the Hamcation and to visit some family. But uh, I promise that we will be on that rooftop working on that dipole <laughs> as soon as I get back. Yeah, we had 35-mile-an-hour winds right now, Craig and I do, and you're down there in Orlando. So, And, and, I, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't call you and say, hey, you know, it's negative 25 wind chill. Can we go put that dipole up now? So we'll, we'll work on <laughs> that work later. They work in that weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, Craig, let's talk a little bit about this. This is the second sideband 
version of the North American Collegiate Championship uh, that just finished up a few weeks ago. So tell us about the contest this year and uh, how that all went. Well, um, I thought it was very successful. Um, I'm always a little concerned because uh, the clubs change every year in terms of who's active in the club. Um, you remember, they're only there for four years, and uh, they uh, they change quite a bit from year to year. But I was quite pleased with the amount of uh, participants. Um, we marketed this um, through the ARRL and NCJ and um, the contest uh, uh, forums. Um, and also uh, the ARRL has a... Uh, website for collegiate activities and uh, we we set up two events there so we try to get as much marketing done as possible um this nacc is held in conjunction with the north american cuso party so we didn't have to create a new contest this is a really successful and very active contest that's quite short it's 12 hours long and it's a saturday afternoon and we thought that that would be befitting of uh, college-age students to be able to participate. So it's it's not something we had to invent. So um, we had a lot of the teams re, uh, repeat from last year, a lot of the school clubs, and we had some additional ones. In fact, uh, I know you're going to talk about this, but with the addition of the Ritty uh, weekend, uh, we've also had some additional clubs that have joined since the sideband. I think they've heard about the activity in the sideband contest and wanted to join uh, for the Ritty contest as well. So Quite pleased. Uh, technically, I think it went better this year. Uh, I sent out some reminder emails on how to set it, set up the linking for online scoring, and a lot of the testing was done. Uh, the timing of the contest is such that a lot of the kids are just getting back from their break, so it's kind of a rush for them to get back, get at, you know, get back in their rooms, get everything going, and get into the contest. So uh, they kind of had. Uh, a rush job getting on, I think, but uh, it'll be better for Ritty Weekend. So I think it went really well. Uh, we had uh, about 15 schools participate online, and there were some that uh, had some issues that didn't uh, get online, but they participated anyhow, and their scores were submitted directly to NCJ. Uh, and then we'll have the results in the NCJ uh, magazine coming up very soon. All right, very good. Well, Joe. Uh, your group at uh, Indiana University was able to pull off the victory this time around. So congratulations and tell us how the club reacted to the win. And I also want you to talk a little bit about the live scoreboard uh, that was instituted in this. And you guys had a race down to the wire uh, between your club and the defending champs down at Georgia Tech. So uh, tell us how everybody reacted to that. I know it was in the middle of uh, a, a really bad snowstorm, too, so you might talk about that. Okay, very good, Neil. Well, first, let me let me commend Craig and also Stu out on the West Coast, uh, W6TU. Um, or is it W6TU or N6TU? Apologies, Stu. But uh, anyway, for the excellent effort of putting together not just the collegiate championship, but the technology that's being used to create a new dimension of contesting, and that is the live scoreboard. So for those that aren't familiar with the live scoreboard, I'm going to start there first because I think, quite frankly, that's the bigger story than which university won the event. The big story is using the live scoreboard really takes 
a new dimension of contesting into the hands of hams and that young people, um, you know, younger people like uh, instant gratification, I think much more so than the older generation of hams. And if you look at the contesting demographic, most contesters, at least in our club, are age 60 and above. And this, you're talking about a demographic that's two generations behind that typical demographic of contesters. And uh, the younger generation, quite frankly, wants that instant feedback. And so the live scoreboard technology allows you to marry the capability of your logging software, let's say N1MM is one of the contesting softwares, and allows you to connect uh, through the Internet real-time to compare scores across a variety of schools. And in this case, we had uh, 15 or 20 schools that were on the scoreboard running real-time competition. And so you weren't just competing for highest score. You were maybe competing with uh, another school that was uh, in your in your uh, conference, for example, the Big Ten schools. There were a number of them that uh, joined a tremendous turnout, in fact. And so that dimension of contesting, I think, really inspired the participants to stick with it. When the going got tough and the bands weren't always uh, terrific, uh, there were some, some, some moments where uh, 80 meters was completely obliterated by the snowfall and the noise, the static on the wire antenna that was caused by the snowfall. We actually thought that we had you know, blown a radio up and it turned out it was just you know, static induced from the snow. But anyway, the, the, the scoreboard is the real story here, I think. And that's what uh, I, I think has inspired folks to get involved and to stay involved through the duration of the contest. For K9IU specifically at Indiana University, we've been in a state of rebuilding the station for the last two or three years. Uh, we've uh, received some money from the ARRL, a very generous grant uh, last year, uh, courtesy of, uh, of, uh, of them, and that was able to help us get some additional equipment. Uh, antennas have been updated. Uh, we removed a tri-bander antenna that was around since the early 1970s, and a couple years ago we were able to put up a new antenna and then later on a rotator. Anyway, long story short, the equipment is in place, and now, uh, now the students are starting to come around and getting interested in being competitive with a competitive radio station and, and getting on the air. And for us, uh, really, uh, my mission as, as uh, one of the faculty sponsors is to get students on the air. And so that's really what it was all about, and um, it was just a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, whether it was uh, in the mid-afternoon, things were, things were uh, you know, kind of slow or late in the evening when things really got hopping it was uh it was a bunch of fun to see the students run and at one point uh one of our members was working at stations and i think the rate meter went to 240 contacts per hour and if you think about that that's four contacts per minute that's pretty phenomenal so uh they're getting oh, good wow. they're uh, they're competitive yeah. absolutely well you know it was it was cool to kind of sneak in and and take a look at the scoreboard as things were <laughs> going and and watch and you know, all of a sudden you're you're you know way up on top, and then here comes you know Georgia Tech on your heels, and they took over the lead for a little bit, I think, um, and and then it was kind of a, a fight to the finish. So, uh, you know, I think this the scoreboard thing not only does it give the instant you know feedback at the end, but I think it also um, may encourage some you know that are not up in the you know first second third place to say hey well at least we can pass these guys you know and, and i think it creates some some motivation to to stay in the chair and and keep on going well i would agree with that um one thing that we could look forward to is some uh intercollegiate competitions amongst rival schools um where one club challenges another club and uh, I or, you know, conferences 
or state, interstate. So there could be all kinds of things that would come of this. Um, I'd like to, one thing I have to go back on uh, that's part of this is that I was actually kind of shocked at how many club stations there were not anymore when uh, we first started this. I thought that when we would start this up that there would in fact be many college stations um, that I remember from when I was in college and I'm sure Joe knows exactly what I'm talking about here but in the process of over the years building new buildings and changes being made that stations have disappeared from uh, some of the biggest universities and uh, it's great that somebody like Joe comes back to Indiana University and helps them out. I personally help Bradley University and help them get going, but I, I, would, I think it would be a really good challenge if local clubs would help their local university or any alumni would go back and help their local university get back on the air or to help them get on the air. Um, they may be missing a radio or they may be missing an antenna, and you could give them some help uh, and, and help these young people get keep ham radio going, keep contesting going. Craig, I think that's a, that's an excellent call to action. If if there's one thing that uh, that I've uh, realized or come to realize is is exactly the point that you made. In fact, not not a couple weeks ago, I was trying to look up one of the old club stations that I used to operate from back in the uh, November sweepstakes era. Uh, this was even before I was a, a college student. I uh, hung out with some guys that were a little bit older, and they were members of the Washington University ham club uh, w0qev over in st louis and apparently that club is uh is inactive and uh, it would be wonderful to have clubs like that back on the air um if older folks can help get them on the air that the beauty of a college club station is is tremendous because most college students uh you know they're living in an apartment complex or they're in a dormitory they can't have antennas um you know hf radios the cost is, is a little bit prohibitive when you're a student and you know paying for books and other things and so the college club station is really an anchor point. I think back 30 years ago when uh, when I was a new ham and uh, I was a newly licensed ham and, and got on the air because of the college club station. And that really propelled me not just in my ham radio endeavors, but eventually my career in semiconductors and, you know, on and on. So, you know, they're, they're very important. They're instrumental. They've shaped a lot of young people's lives over the course of their existence. And the fact that they're going away is, is a little bit uh, disappointing. So I agree. If there's a call to action, it's Try to help your local university or, or college uh, ham radio club station to get on the air. If a club doesn't exist anymore, perhaps there's an opportunity to partner with a local radio club, a ham club, to bring a station on air and perhaps reinvigorate or reinvent the club station. Uh, it's a great resource, a uh, tremendous resource for activity um, that uh, it would be unfortunate if they go away. Um, to, go, to go even further with that, um, the website for the uh North American Collegiate Championship is actually on the uh, Society of Midwest Contesters webpage or website, and that's uh, w9smc.com, and then it'd be uh, forward slash NACC for North American Collegiate Championship. And if you go to that page, you'll actually see a lot of information on there, and there's even a list of every single college ham license that exists. That doesn't mean that the station is there, but if you're looking for, uh, and some, by the way, somebody went all the work uh, to do that. Sean Barnes, N3JQ, did that. Um, but if you want to look up uh, and see whatever happened or who the trustee is, you may know them, and uh, maybe you could help get that station back on the air. So 
uh, I, I think that we should try to uh, encourage as much activity as possible. And with an existing contest like this where there's a lot of activity, it's very rewarding for kids to get on the air. Here are all the activity. It isn't just them. They might, might not even work each other. But there's all these other people to work. And uh, they're all, I would say, really good contesters for the most part that are in these contests. And so they learn a great deal about communication skills as they uh, participate. Well, this, this is hey, all Neil, some great you? stuff, and we're going we're gonna to keep talking about that. But, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to see if uh, Craig or you could talk a little bit about the RIDI contest. That's a, I'm not a real digital operator other than CW, but I know the young people in our club are very interested in digital modes. They're quite active in those digital modes. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the RIDI challenge and some of the things that uh, we should be mindful of or to help get stations on the air for RIDI which is quite a bit different than digging out a microphone and making sure the uh, the antennas work for single sideband contests. So maybe you could talk about that just a little bit. I, I congratulate you, Joe, because you did your homework. You read your script. <laughs> <laughs> the segue, man. Because that was exactly the segue I was in when you said, hey, Neil. So, Craig... This is all great stuff, and we're going to talk about this some more, but we want to talk about the Ready Contest. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Ready and how this is all going to work. This is the first time for it. Yes, I, I was very excited. Actually, it was uh, striking to me after we uh, started the first NACC last year how many uh, of the college clubs sent an uh, email to me or to uh, K6TU, and said, we loved it, can we do digital? And uh, so I, of course, had to have permission. So NCJ uh, editor is uh, Scott K0MD, and Scott is a real champion of what we're doing. Uh, He really, really likes what we're doing. And uh, he went to the trouble of contacting the... uh, the contest manager and discussed it with them and uh, of course this adds a little extra work because we're actually not following the rules as written for the college competition but we we did it so it'd be a, a, a an easier and level playing playing field for the colleges so um but anyhow uh, we had great success and they were very excited about doing this and i think college kids in particular love digital modes and i think joe can probably attest to this uh, i've been to the bradley club several times in fact i usually speak once or twice a year at their 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 club meetings and it always strikes me as to the interest in digital modes so i think we're going to have a great deal of success with the ready um uh, it's interesting to see who likes to do this uh, one of the things that's apparent to me as an older person is how many young ladies are members of these ham radio clubs uh we Never, I think, maybe once or twice, we're graced with the presence of a female while we were in college at our ham radio club meetings. But that's quite uh, quite important right now. Um, there's a lot of uh, these students in electrical engineering and computer science and robotics, and that and uh, this is a, a, of an equal appeal. So one thing about Ready is it's it, you cannot tell who you're talking to. You can't tell if you're talking to a female or a male, and I think that that's what's also really good about the mode. I notice when I operate Ritty contests, how many more 
ladies I end up talking to than any other mode. So I think this is really quite interesting to the college clubs, and I think it appeals to the whole demographic of that age and, and, the, and the group of members. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Every one of the, as I said, every one of the people that said that we're in sideband are going to compete in RIDI, and in fact, West Point Amateur Radio Club joined. Uh, they were the last one, and they specifically said they wanted to operate digital. And they said they're going to be Army. Is there going to be their name? So, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to fill everybody in on you know how this is going to you know play out, what mode in particular, uh, and and how this is all going to play out. Is is this the contest in a contest again and, and that kind of thing oh sure well what it is it's uh, the uh just so you know ready is the, the the digital mode and there's there's two sets of uh, uh naqps every year north american qso parties and uh, they like i said they only operate 12 hours so everybody kind of likes them um because it doesn't take your whole weekend so there's a sideband a cw and then there's a uh, NAQP ready. So it's going to be ready. There's no other modes as part of this. So uh, it's really a lot of fun. And uh, you can um, diddle your heart's content, I guess. <laughs> but, um, when, <laughs> but one of the things that's fascinating is uh, the kids that are uh, really into this digital communication, they get it. And... Um, they like to set this up, and there's actually some tricks and nuances, and I'm sure those that are in Ritty know this, and these kids take to this. They really enjoy uh, setting up the station so it receives maybe one or two decoders or maybe three decoders, and uh, uh, they really do uh, like really enjoy this uh, mode. So uh, I don't know. I could guess I could ask Joe what uh, he thinks it's going to happen there, but I already know that at Bradley – that they that they've already tested everything they're they're ready to go um and i i'm and i'm sure several others are too so i'm pretty excited about seeing what's going to happen here but um the bands will be full of uh, uh ready signals uh when the naqp starts it'll be a lot of fun and uh, and buried within that will be a lot of college uh, club stations joe yeah i'm looking forward to the competition i think it'll be something new and different i'm not a ready operator and I probably made on one hand five contacts in my entire 32 years as a ham on radio <laughs> telesite. But what I've learned is the uh, the new radios have the capability to operate ready without even having them connected to a computer. For example, you take an ICOM 7300, it's got a decoding feature in there. You can program up some of the memory channels or uh, the memory uh, capabilities and have your exchange set up in there. So even if someone is not completely versed with uh, setting up a full ready station, they can certainly get on and make some contacts. And join in the competition, and that's the whole idea: is getting yourself exposed, uh, getting some young people on the air. But of course, uh, I think the uh, most of the college stations, uh, probably from the uh, you know the schools that have uh, you know uh, folks that are very computer literate and savvy, uh, will probably have a, a really fun time getting the computers interfaced with the radios and you know getting on the air. The other thing is, it's only a 100 watt uh, competition, and as a result of that, you don't have to worry much about RF interference or feedback or problems. You just pretty much get on the air and go. And uh, I think that's going to be uh, the way it works, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting to watch. Again, I'm not a real ready operator, but uh, I'm going to learn something. So you know, you can teach an old dog some new tricks too, which 
you know, makes it fun. Well, from somebody <laughs> who used to run a lot of ready, even on an old ASR machine and, and everything else, I can tell you, you, you got to turn the diddle on. It, it, just, mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't sound right unless you have the diddle. So that, that's <laughs> now, my advice. In the basement somewhere, <laughs> you may have a Type 32 uh, telesight machine. Yeah, there you go. Old, uh, type 32 out there. I and, started uh, off on that reperf tape, man. You had that reperf <laughs> tape that had the little holes in it that would re- record everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This. The smell of warm oil. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take a break. But Craig, did you want to finish something up on that? Well, I would just uh, say that it it isn't really difficult to uh, most of these radios, especially the newer ones now, though have a USB or similar interface, and you can plug it right into your computer. And uh, if you can do CAT, generally you can probably do RIDI. Um, there's two types of RIDI. There's FSK and AFSK. Uh, one is just an audio feed, and the other one is uh, uh, a different way of toggling the radio um, on and off And so, uh, with the two tones that we were just talking about in terms of a diddle. So um, that's the only additional interface. Uh, you can run N1MM or WriteLog, any of the general generally available software, and MMTTY is the most common software used uh, and there, there's another very popular one called two-tone um, all of this is free and uh, the n1mm uh, uses mmtty in, in, they're embedded so when you turn on n1mm and then you say you're going to operate ready mmtty pops up and you have what's uh, a interface window that people will click they'll take their mouse and click on it i operate the whole ready contest with my mouse, I rarely touch the keyboard. So this is that's what uh, the, another interesting thing for kids to experience is you just point and click, and uh, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some more, and we're going to take your calls right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Is this getting serious? I think so. Well, how do you feel about it? Just imagine if you hadn't run out of PL259s. Just imagine if your connectors weren't from Tower Electronics. Consider the sophisticated quality of connectors from Tower Electronics. Their silver-plated end connectors are so good, they've even been used on the International Space Station. I'm not so sure why I ever used any other PL259s. Mine are better. Besides, you deserve the best. You know I love you. Don't be caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics at a ham fest near you. Or visit them online anytime at pl-259.com. Or call 920-435-2973. They also have ham sticks, mobile antennas, and meters, too. See the whole catalog. Go to pl-259.com. Tower Electronics, the ham's dime store since 1978. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. You're listening to Ham Talk Live, the most popular podcast with the words ham, talk, and live in the title. Here's your host, Neil Rapp.
Tower Electronics will be at Hamcation this weekend, so make sure you check them out Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Orlando. And then they'll be going to Dalton, Georgia on February 23rd. And you can visit them anytime over at pl-259.com. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And it's time for your calls now. So if you have a question for uh, Craig or Joe, give us a call at 812-650-9556. Again, we're on a temporary number tonight, 812 812- Six five zero nine five five six, or you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live as well. I'll be watching that. And if you're listening to us on WTWW on the weekend or on the podcast edition, uh, you won't get anybody if you call that number because we're here on Thursday. So uh, let's get back to uh, Joe and Craig here, and uh, we'll see if we get some calls. But uh, one thing we were talking about over the break was uh, implementing the uh, the live scoreboard into the logging program. So, Craig, uh, why don't you uh, follow up on that? Sure. Uh, um, this online scoreboarding is actually quite popular, and uh, there's a, a very good. There was one at U.S. station that started one, and then uh, uh, that led to one in Russia which now has a, it's called a CQ Contest. And uh, uh, a lot of people went to that site. And then recently, uh, VA2WA uh, with online, uh, Contest Online Scoreboard um, also came on, and uh, uh, a lot of people are using that as well. Um, so how do you talk to those scoreboards? What we, just so you also know, uh, K6TU created this uh, scoreboard just for uh, the NACC, and I say just for it in that he already had one set up for the Northern California Contest Club for their inter-club competitions, and I thought it worked really well for having a separate room, we'll call it, or page just for uh, the college competition, so that's why Stu hosted this. But the, the procedure for all of these is the same, and N1MM is the large market shareholder of contest software at this time, not to say that there's anything wrong with any one of the other ones, but N1MM and WriteLog are two of the principal ones in the United States along with N3FJP, and they all have a way of um, sending scores to the live scoreboard. And what we did is every school that registered that they were going to compete, we sent them the instructions for how to set up their logging software. It's actually quite simple. All it does is it directs it to a link. Uh, you know, in the software, you just enter the link, and and it sends a score automatically to any one of those scoreboards. So uh, we try to make it as simple as possible. And if you use that software, uh, for instance, N1MM is free. Just download it, set it up, and don't do this the day of the contest, by the way. But uh, get it set up and running, and then you can actually uh, set up the link to the scoreboard and see it work. And uh, so we try to make it as simple as possible. Um, in terms of setting up for RIDI, um, there's a, probably several sources for doing that. But if anybody wants to know anything more about that, I'm, I, I would be glad to uh, help them or direct them to someone that could help them. Uh, hopefully there's somebody in their club 
that could help them get it set up. But the instructions that come with any of these software are very good. Um, and as they operate this contest, they'll want to know more, and they'll want they'll become they'll they'll probably want to participate in another ready contest because they have one almost every weekend. So this will just get them inspired to get on. All right, very good. Well, we've got a call on the line, so let's see who we have. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hey Neil, this is Eric WB9PTN. Hi Eric, good to uh, see you yesterday, and uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Absolutely, Neil. First thing I'd like to congratulate Craig, Joe, and yourself on uh, all the accomplishments that you've had in the last uh, last years. And also a big thank you for you guys for taking the time to uh, share this great hobby with all these young people. And I guess my question is, how do you see the enthusiasm with the young people as it applies with ham radio? Is it increasing about the same or... Is that uh, you see a decrease? What what are you seeing in the last year or two? Well, I'll give that to Joe first. Yeah, Neil, I'm sorry, I'm not uh, receiving audio from the phone line, but maybe you can just summarize quickly the question. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Eric WB9PTN uh, is is calling in and was asking about. Uh, how do you see the enthusiasm of college students uh, toward ham radio in, in general? Um, it's a hard sell nowadays because um, if you go back even 15 or 20 years ago, um, you know, things like uh, handheld transceivers were not very popular, not very common. The idea of being able to communicate when you were away from a landline was not very common. And, you know, that's all changed with the advent of the cell phone, where everyone has a global communicator in their pocket. I think the unique aspect that appeals to students in ham radio now is what you can do with the technology. So it's more than just talking on a radio. It's integration. It's using um, uh, technology to advance some other mission, whether it's public service and helping with, uh, you know, the traditional, um, you know, emergency communication activities. I think contesting uh, is combining things like physics and um, science and antenna theory and propagation. Um, it's limited to a select set of students, but uh, I think the maker community is helping to revitalize or recreate some incremental interest for students. But it's a hard sell. Uh, go to any ham fest and look around. It's mostly uh, silver-haired uh, hams and uh, not a lot of young people. And so the more we can do to encourage them to get on the air or to expose them to ham radio, to give them club stations where they can go and operate, uh, the better off we'll be because I think that exposure, that initial exposure, getting them on the air, as you know, Neil, is what hooks them, and then the rest comes, uh, you know, over time. Craig? You know, that's kind of interesting because I've uh, been observing the Bradley University Club for quite a while, and, of course, that's just one of many college clubs but i've watched you know students uh, fresh freshman through senior and then they graduate and move on and uh, how uh, the activities of the club vary and what they're enthusiastic about varies from year to year and i think that the the more active internally that they are with the things that they like to do um then it then it lends itself to the other things that uh, like contesting or uh, going on de-expeditions or whatever you want to, campouts or whatever they want to do, going uh, soda. Um, I'm just surprised uh, from year to year what their interests uh, are because it's always different. And uh, uh, one thing that I found that's common in, in working with 
uh, all of these clubs and trying to uh, generate the activity for this uh, uh, competition is <clears throat> most of these clubs are as good as the trustee or sponsor. And you can tell Joe here is very active and he's full of enthusiasm, um, but that's not shared by every college. And so, you know, Indiana University is very lucky to have somebody like Joe. Um, but that's so true. And, uh, you know, some of the activities of the clubs and the enthusiasm by students is really rests upon the, the, the sponsor, you know, which is usually a faculty member in the, on the campus and their interest anymore. Um, and they're, for the most part, they're, they may be older and not as enthusiastic as Joe is. Joe, Joe sounds like he's 20 years younger. But uh, I, I think that that is also a true statement that, uh, that a lot of these clubs are, are a reflection of the enthusiasm of the person that anchors it. All right, Eric. Well, there you go. And and on the high school side, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of the same thing. So, uh, so there you go. Okay. Well, I appreciate uh, your time tonight, and again, I appreciate Craig, Joe, uh, and all you do to help these uh, youngsters in this great hobby we have. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric, for calling. Appreciate it, and uh, and thank you for uh, for your support uh, yesterday as well uh, for the high school. All right, the phone number, 812-650-9556. We have a few minutes left, so if you'd like to uh, give us a call, do that. And actually, we have another call on the line already. So let's take our other call. Good evening. You're on Ham Talk Live. Hi, uh, this is Galen, KB6EE. Hi, Galen. Uh, nice to hear you. What's your question for tonight? Uh, well, I'm uh, president of W2SZ, it's RPI. We participated in the SSB, um, and I, I thought it was a, a great idea and um, thing to have uh, going on. Um, my one question is, is the uh, score going to be the SSB and RIDI combined, or are they separate competitions? Okay, I... Uh I don't know if Craig and Joe can can hear or not, so let me uh, let me repeat this. Uh, we've, our caller here is from one of the participating schools in the sideband uh, group, and they want to know: it, Will the scoring for the Ritty contest be uh, a combined score of both contests, or will it be a separate score? So uh, we'll let Craig take that one. Yeah, it'll be a separate score. It'll be sent in uh, with the like. When you submitted your sideband score, you sent it in. A, 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 uh, actually, as part of your file format, it went to the exact right place. So when you submit your Ritty score, because you will select that contest in your software, it will go in with the Ritty scores. So there will uh, not be a combined score. Uh, it'll be a separate posting and it'll be a, a separate winner. Um, however, uh, you know, we could actually combine that. Somebody actually asked the question a couple of days ago, why don't we do it for CW as well? And the, of course, uh, I don't know how many kids, young people uh, know CW. Uh, I know some of them do, but that'd probably be a lot less participation. But right now, I know there's a lot of interest in both Sideman and Riddy, and they will be separately, uh, uh, separate articles with separate winners. Um, that's how we're going to manage, and also the awards are separate. All right, Galen, there's your answer. 
Hey, Craig, right, I wonder if you could comment on trophies or plaques. I know that our Ham Shack at K9IU is adorned with uh, many different plaques over the years that have been won and trophies. Are there are there prizes that are going to be available over time? Uh, yes, there are. Sponsorship opportunities. Perhaps there's some hams that are listening that might want to contribute, you know, towards that effort to make sure that the yeah. schools that are active and participating get recognized. Yes. In fact, if there's anybody that's interested in sponsoring, please uh, just send me something. But I, I have to tell you, after last year, ICOM, who's a, one of the sponsors actually of this program, stepped up and they are now our principal sponsor for awards. So we have uh, the awards sponsored um, and the NCJ and SMC sponsor the champion championship. So you'll, uh, you will get an award. Um, that we actually, uh, I'd love it if, if enough schools, say, let's say from the Big Ten conference, wanted to have an award for the Big Ten. You know, you'd probably get a Big Ten sponsor. Um, and it might actually create more activity. So if anybody's interested in, uh, just go to that web page that I said before. You'll see my emails on that page and just send me an email and we'll see what we can do to uh, uh, create something. Anything to reward participation i think is really important recognition of the of of the effort put into getting on the air and operating all right well there you go galen thank you thank you for calling in and uh thanks for participating and good luck in the ready competition thanks uh seven three seven three what school was that that was uh rpi was that rochester polytech Oh, okay, great. I believe, oh, I believe is is who that was. Yes, I think he said RPI, but I think that's uh, I think that's who that is, if I remember correctly. So, okay, well, oh, we're Rensselaer. Uh, Rensselaer, Rensselaer, Rensselaer. That's it. I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's Rensselaer. I think. I think that's it. Well, we're uh, we're just about out of time here, so uh, we need to to finish things up. So, uh, uh, Joe, any last thoughts here? Um, the only comment I would say is get on the air or do what you can to help students get on the air. It's, you know, it's just fundamentally important. And uh, all of those who are out there that are doing that, uh, my big appreciation. Uh, it's kind of my mission, as you know, Neil, to get young people on the air and active in the hobby. I think contesting is a great avenue. And I'm grateful, Craig, to you and the folks at uh, uh, SMC and also out on the West Coast there, the Northern Cal uh, Contest Club, uh, for helping and uh, really making this go. And, you know, it's about Elmering, and it's maybe indirect Elmering, but uh, it's super important. I think back 30 years ago when I was a member of the K9IU Radio Club, and at the time Pat N9RV was there at IU, and he was a big mentor of mine. And so uh, that mentorship really, it sticks with you. It carries you through, uh, you know, through a a lifetime of the hobby. And so um, whatever folks can do out there that are listening to get hams on the air, that's what it's all about. And, Craig, you get the last word. Well, I, uh, Joe actually expressed uh, my thoughts very well. Um, I, we always say, what is the point of doing this? And the point, of course, is to get younger people involved in our hobby and enjoy it. We want them to enjoy it as much as possible so that they enthusiastically uh, will participate for the rest of their lives. We want hams. We want that new generation of ham radio operator and contester so that we have people that will carry on the hobby for life and uh, i think with the younger people really enjoying competitive uh, games 
and they're so game savvy, if we can get them interested in our game, they're going to find out we have a fun hobby too. All right. Well, I I, I, I messed up. We're not done. There's one tweet okay. that came in, and I forgot all about it, and so I need to get back. And it's and it's from KG5HVO, so I'm I'm going to hear about it if I don't do this. So, um, are the participants in the NACC contesting outside of these collegiate events, um, or are they already experienced contesters? Uh, and after the NACC, are the participants showing more interest? in radio sport overall or is it both at the same time well first of all hi bryant uh bryant is an up-and-coming contester and not only that he's a very young high-speed cw operator he's a really good operator and uh i enjoy talking to him uh almost every wednesday on the cw contest um in answer to your question the uh what happens in the contest is these are they are supposed to be students um, that participate. It's not that a, a sponsor is not there and making sure that they're legal to operate, but they're they're students and uh, getting mentored and helped. And uh, I have noticed, uh, for instance, one student uh, that uh, from Bradley came out here and operated two times over two years. And then uh, when he graduated, he moved to uh, uh, Denver to take a job in that area, and he joined the contest club out there, and he's now contesting. So in answer to your question, I, my experience is that was the perfect example. Um, and I've known, uh, actually, of others that have come back after they graduated from Bradley and operated in contests because they didn't even have their own station. Um, so I would say yes. I think they ca- uh, some some kids you know don't care about it, but some catch the bug and they uh, get excited about it. And I think that it becomes a lifelong thing. Um, life always gets in the way, so it's going to come and go. Um, uh, we've all experienced that. But once you've stipped, uh, put your toe in the water and you've had fun doing this, I think that uh, you'll always find a contest club to help you. And get you on the air. That's the great thing about contest clubs uh, all across the country, is somebody, someone will help you get on the air. They'll say, "Come on over to my station," or uh, "We're going to do a multi-operator station. Come on in and, and help out." I think just let let your your interest be known, and and uh, we can advance your contesting for the rest of your life after you've operated. So, I think this is a great way to get started, and I do think that they do carry it on once they catch the bug. Uh, Joe, you want to say something uh, about that? Yeah, no, what I would say is activity breeds activity. And so um, I'll use the example that we saw with this last contest where we had the ham shack open. The door was open. It's normally a door that's closed, and you have to have a, you know an access code. We left it open, and guys came and went as they had time. Um, and, you know, you had a couple people that were operating the contest seriously, and you had seven others that were standing around or sitting around or, you know, working, soldering something in the corner, uh, talking about radios, um, and getting active, getting interested. And, you know, contesting may ultimately not be their thing, but the fact that they're getting exposure, the fact that they're getting off their, you know, $20 Balfang handheld and moving forward with the hobby, you know, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, there's, there's far too many hams who go and pass their technician ticket and then never experience the challenges of really operating on high frequency and listening and the communication skills and all that goes into that. And I think just even having the ham shack open and sort of on display, for lack of a better word, I think it does inspire and interest uh, people. Will they all stick with contesting? Probably not, as you say, Craig. But uh, there are some that when the bug bites, it bites hard. And, 
you know, they're the ones that are, uh, you know, showing up and joining the contest clubs and, and staying active. And I think that that's the goal. And uh, while it may not appeal to everyone, it exposes them to another facet of the hobby, which, again, this is the you know coolest hobby in the world because there's so much to do and so many different angles, and you'll find your niche. And so I guess the bottom line is, um, it's getting folks on the air and some of them are going to stay with it and they'll be the next generation of contesters, de-expeditioners. And that's cool in my mind. All right. Very good. Well, there's your answer, Bryant. And, and Joe, you said the, the B word, so we have to play the bow thing. So <laughs> we, we don't, anytime, anytime somebody says, says, says the B word, we have, we have to play the bow thing song. So yeah, well, guys, bingo, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well guys thanks so much for coming on the show it's been a lot of fun uh, a lot of interest tonight and some calls and some tweets so uh it's been a good night so thank you so much well uh, thank you very much neil for hosting this uh very in, very enjoy your programs i i think you always get uh, some interesting programs and thank you for for thinking about us and uh having us on yeah, likewise. And thank you, Craig, for inspiring uh, this idea and this activity. I think uh, it's going to go a long way to uh, continuing to help uh, increase the interest in the hobby for the next generation. And Neil, again, for the publicity and for uh, for doing what you do. Uh, it's great to have you as a friend and as a, as a member of the HAM community. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. And uh, that is a wrap for this week's episode of ham talk live thanks to craig thompson k9ct and joe fitter k7joe and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and invite you back next thursday night at 9 p.m eastern time when when hold on to your hats we're going to have open lines on valentine's day and we need your ham radio dating stories now these could be good or bad but yeah it's valentine's day i i can blame this all on val because i asked for ideas and and val said oh yeah you got to do this and i was like oh yeah okay we're going to try it so we need your ham radio dating story so if you have a story good or bad about how ham radio played a part in a romance give us a call next week we, we, we need some calls, so we're going open line. So, uh, and before I go, uh, just got a note today from Carol Perry, WB2MGP, about the Young Ham Lends a Hand contest nominating period. It's now open. Uh, the recipient of this award will be announced at the Hamvention Youth Forum in May, and it's sponsored by Radio Club of America and QCWA, the Quarter Century Wireless Association. The winner receives $100. The Young Ham should be uh, representative of our amateur radio tenant of service and it can be service to the community like assisting an elderly person or military personnel it can be a young ham who helps with radio recruiting and tutoring other people uh you just need a written statement of why you believe that this youngster deserves the award and uh include contact information if you would and give that to carol perry wb2mgp before april 1st and her email is wb2mgp at gmail.com 
com. So make sure you do that. And Indiana University had a recipient of one of those a few years ago. So uh, Ryan's still still going strong. So uh, if you like Ham Talk Live, please consider leaving us a review at iTunes or wherever you listen. That helps others find us faster, and we're going to get out of here. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Down, 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 down